and welcome back to Vox Popcast, the weekly pseudo-academic roundtable of pop culture analysis, ranking, and swear. My name is Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with my co-hosts, Monica and Wayne. How's it going, guys? Hey. What's up, Mav? We are here, ready to talk more MILF Manor. <laughs> Wayne was suckered back in the <laughs> No, it's not working. That would be so great. We just like, ah, secret. We're doing Will Manor again. It becomes a Milf Manor podcast. Oh, God. You still haven't caught any of it, huh? No. There's been a lot of good feedback. People have been telling me they liked last week's episode. So I'm glad because yeah. it was an experience. But that's not what we're doing this week. But so No, you're, but you're, speaking you know, of things that won't die, Mav, right? <laughs> that's kind of what oh, we're doing. Wonderful transition. There you go. That's perfect. What are we doing, Monica? We're going to talk about the fact that HBO is uninterested in producing any original IP. We're going to talk about nostalgia culture, guys. It's not just HBO. HBO. Well, yeah, okay. I, I think HBO is culture. Yeah. Oh god. This is like this is a, in some ways this is one of our earliest episodes. Do you remember yeah. when we did very yeah. early on? We did an episode of Do You Remember Nostalgia? And this is. I'm pretty sure I used that joke then. Yeah, and it's. I think this is a little different this time, though. Yeah, because because the point we were making back then was because Monty. Uh, well, yeah, but it, it was our episode two, and we were talking about shows that were like, like the Wonder Years was one of my it was one of my big episodes. Wonder Years, Happy Days, shows that were like, hey, remember this thing? Wasn't it great when we, you know, when back in the days when everybody loved, you know music of the wonder years or back in the days when everybody loved the eighties, we were talking about six stranger things. And we talked about even stuff like ready player one, where the whole movie is look at this. It's the, it's Batman. There's, there's your iron giant. There's your, you know, and it was just like pointing at stuff. That's the point of ready, ready. There's more to ready player one, but Hey kids, remember the shining? Like it was really just sort of a point. That's not what we're talking about this time. We're talking about, Hey, remember that thing you liked? Want to give us more money for it? We're going to do that again. <laughs> like that is a thing. Disney's doing this right now. Disney's like, you like to use some Little Mermaid, right? What if we did Little Mermaid one more time? What if we did Cinderella one more time? What if we did Beauty and the Beast one more time? <laughs> Lion right. King it's, it's one more time. Not the, it's not the expansion of a story world because no. I'll be honest, you can probably give me 75 stupid Star Wars series, and I am here for every single one of them. Just finished watching Mandalorian. Mandalorian season three just finished. It was, and people didn't like it. I did. No, Mm -hmm. I don't want it again. (laughs) And I do think that is the important difference of what we're talking about tonight. Yes. Yeah. So, one of the things that got us when we first started talking about this was we were talking about. Disney has announced that they're going to do a live action remake of Moana. You know, Moana, that movie from a couple of years ago. <laughs> like, like, like it's not like Moana. The remake of Moana is supposed to star The Rock again yeah. because he was in the last one. And, you know, he's slightly older now than he was when he made Moana the first time. And I mean, so Moana was originally a 2016 film. So it is seven years old is when Moana came out and they're going into production on the remake now and not a sequel, 
from all accounts, it's a remake of this movie we just did. That makes very little sense. Like, who's nostalgic about it? If you loved Moana when you were five, if you were like, oh, this was my favorite movie when I was a little kid, when I was five, you're fucking 12 now. <laughs> like, 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 that's weird, right? <laughs> I mean, it's not the first time that we've seen this, especially within the superhero franchise, though, right? Like, we all just like to pretend that the Hulk didn't happen twice, or Fantastic Four didn't happen twice, or <laughs> Spider-Man didn't happen yeah. three times. Right? Are they like, the same thing? And, and, and it is the... the same thing. I think maybe the difference is that within the superhero franchise, like, we are pretty primed for ish for a series of books to last for three years get canceled and then to start over again but within mm. film and cinema like that's a relatively new concept to just I have a slight difference though because okay. so my difference is i the we more or less reject so here my example the x-men movies when they rebooted the x-men movies with the new cast people didn't really like that because it's like no you're just doing this thing again and they didn't particularly like Andrew Garfield rebooting the Spider-Man, the Spider-Man movies because, oh, you're just doing this again. I don't want to see his origin story again. I don't want to tell me more stories like I'm OK seeing a new guy playing James Bond every five to ten movies because like I want to see I don't. But some, but someone wants to see the continuing adventures of James Bond and we don't care that much about who's playing him. And I think that's OK. I think that the difference between the difference between these reboots and those reboots is the reason we saw multiple fantastic four movies is because they kept sucking. So they're trying to make it happen. You're trying to make fantastic four work. And once we can find the right formula, we will stick with it as opposed to Moana, which is people liked that movie seven years ago. So now can you please give us more money or little mermaid? People love that movie. Can you give us more money? Like, I think that's a little different than when you start with HBO. People loved Harry Potter. So let's do that again because it's risk aversion as opposed to I just want to make this happen, right? Like, like I think that the reboots of Fantastic Four are, you know, trying to make fetch happen. You're just, we're just going to keep making this movie until it works. I mean, I'm not sure. That's just my guess, right? Well, and just crazy. in comics specifically, we are so used to crises yeah. that reboot everything, you know. How many different universes have I lived through? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, well, the first one, the first time we saw Crisis, I didn't hate it because at that time it felt new and different. And oh, all that. sure. But now, yeah, and like you, I'm just, I'm very tired of them, but we're used to that. And I do think it is, that is something that is unusual for a lot of movie viewers. Like Monica said, you know, with Star Wars, we keep getting new content, but it's an expansion of the universe. They They haven't recast the original characters and well they and, did and, and everybody it, hated well, yeah well, they, they did. there was a solo movie and everyone yeah. hated it right that was, but still it was an expansion of the story it wasn't just yeah. retelling new hope and just redo episode four is what right yeah, yeah exactly yeah and then i do see that as a, a different type thing i mean but I this, this is one where even x-men felt like it was an expansion of the story world because you're being given a prequel I think maybe mm-hmm. a more accurate is when we get a second Dark Phoenix made by the same guy who wrote the first Dark Phoenix, right? Like That's what I was thinking of specifically. Yeah. Right, right. So first class is a prequel. 
So for me, First Class, while it's a shitty movie, is an expansion of the universe in a way okay. that Dark Phoenix and Last Stand are remakes, which, yeah, is exactly why Dark Phoenix is the one with 17% on Rotten Tomatoes, right? Because that okay, is the nostalgia piece that no one asked for. And so, style, it's a reboot of something that no one liked the first time. <laughs> yeah, okay. I actually really liked The Last Stand the first time because I got to see Morlocks on screen. Like, I, I don't think that... Kind of? Okay, the <laughs> sure. La- I don't yeah, think I that X-Men The Last Stand is that bad of an X-Men. It, like, if I'm going to rank them all, I, I oh, might... That's because you've, you've got... Well, now you have three or four that are demonstrably worse. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> I, so comparatively speaking, and this is coming from someone with X-Men tattoos, but the X-Men movies are hot, <laughs> sticking piles of garbage in which yes. anytime I tell someone that I like the X-Men, I feel like I need to give the disclaimer, which is not the movie, right? <laughs> so like, yes, I am aware that the bar is pretty low here. Versus us comparing it to something like Harry Potter, where they spend a lot of money hiring, like, Oscar-winning directors and, like, throwing a bunch of production design money at it. And this being a beloved book series before we realized that the author was a transphobe. But you can't compare now that you have new information. It's because it's also the same reason that, like, we look at the X-Men movies and then we think about Brian Singer. And then we have more reasons to hate the X-Men movies. Like, you are allowed to change your opinion when new thing, like new pieces of information come out. And you don't just have to judge the art based on the art itself. And I would argue, like, most people don't. Like, I think most people don't. Yeah, in, like, yeah. in, our, in what is a very transmedia, like, that, especially with something like Harry Potter itself, which has really invited fan participation through... Things like Pottermore, where you or the new video game, where you get to design your own character and really immerse yourself in the world, you are asking people to have personal stake and personal opinions outside of what is the original text, which then is giving you so much more to say about a reboot than just the reboot of the original text. And I'm would argue that's the reason it's not going to work because you have asked people to almost care. Too much and again maybe that's the reason is that solo doesn't work is like you have asked you have asked fandom for authority about your property you have allowed fandom to become part of the ip via the yeah. transmedia participation that now it's like you cannot just give a product and expect people to love it the way that they did when the first harry potter movies came out because for the most part people didn't have bad things to say because the fandom didn't exist in the same way that it does now. And so, so are they making it to bring old fans back or are they making it hoping a whole bunch of new kids will watch it and get turned on to it? I think I'm, well, it's all HBO, I'm right. So I would think that it's being aimed at please, an it'll be on Max. Yeah, it will be on Max, which is a different, which is a different network that's coming soon. Max, because David Zaslav is an idiot. I'm cynical about it because I think this is happening because they would like to keep making Harry Potter money, Harry Potter, I'm sorry, Wizarding World, whatever you want to call the fucking Fantastic Beast movies failed. Whether you like them or not, commercially, they failed abysmally, in fact, 
And I think that they're not willing to say they failed just because of JK. And I don't think they did fail just because of JK. I think they failed because people didn't like people didn't like what those movies were. So I think they want to make money. And I think Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson are not going to work with JK Rowling ever again. They're just not. So you can't just go make a cursed child movie, even though people would love for that to happen. JK Rowling has burned the bridge that will allow her most profitable two stars and probably most of the rest of the cast because they're, you know, all pretty liberal and pretty pro LGBTQ rights. But like those two in particular, you need Radcliffe and you need Watson and they're not going to work with her and they're not going to put money in her pocket. So you're not going to get those films anymore. So, so she can't happen. So I think the only way they can ever get to more content starring Harry Potter and Hermione Granger is you've got to create a new version of Harry Potter and Hermione Granger that you can make people fall in love with. And I think Zaslav has figured out correctly where I often think he's an idiot. I think he's figured out that you can't just put a random adult in that role and expect people to warm up to him. So he's going to try to start at the beginning and make people fall in love with like a new set of kids over a course of seven years. And I don't know that it's going to work. I don't know that it's not. I don't think as much as in our world as she's the villain, I don't think she's universally as much the villain as I mean, like I I know she's not because I know what the sales are on all of her books currently and it's doing fine. Right. Like, I don't think it's I don't think it's as doomed as like we probably do. But I do think Monica's right. I think that it's really hard. I'm traditionally very much an the author is dead kind of guy. We've done a podcast episode devoted to my belief that the author is dead and why I believe Bert was right saying that. But Rowling has spent the better part of the last decade plus since that book series ended reminding us that she's involved still with Pottermore, with telling us, look, this is how wizard shit. I need you to know this. I need you to understand that these books are alive and in my mind and I am the canon and you will you know you will follow me worship me worship at my feet so she has made herself inseparable from it so i get why you can't like it's really hard to like not recontextualize the books every time she opens her damn mouth like i get that right there's just no way and she doesn't want you to she is part of her agenda is she is so anti-trans that she wants you to know that she is you know that like she is right so like i think that she is forcing herself into the conversation in a way that most reboots don't, right? Like, I don't think The Rock is trying to do that. I think The Rock just wants another hit. And I will say some of this is probably also behind the scenes dynamics that we don't necessarily understand. Where I brought up the Spider-Mans, for example. The right. reason that we need to burp out a Morbius every nine months, right, <laughs> is contractually so that Sony can keep the rights to yeah. Spider-Man yeah. in oh, general. Yeah. So that every time right. Marvel makes a Spider-Man adjacent property, they have to pay royalties back to yeah. Sony and back to Aviarit, right? Like, they don't actually need those movies to be good. They just need those movies to cost less money than the licensing fee for Disney to use Tom Holland's <laughs> Spider-Man or the word Spider-Man in literally anything. Like, that's why My those movies are is, shitty is because they well, need those movies to cost two nickels so that then they can rake in the Benjamins off of actually decent Marvel Disney Spider-Man movies. Are you, saying Craven, is, are you saying Craven the Hunter is not going to be a good movie? I'm really curious about it. Like, uh, the, 
I will um, say that, that Morbius made more money than Shazam 2, guys. Yep. Yeah, I know. Well, and that's so I think it's a little different. So the Morbius films and the Venom films, my understanding of the oh, and we don't nobody knows the internal stuff, but from reporting, my understanding of what the Marvel and Sony contract currently is the is basically the rule that allows Marvel to reclaim their IP if you don't make a movie in so long. I believe Marvel using Spider-Man suspends that rule. So it's not a Fantastic Four situation where, you know, I have to do fan four stick in order to keep you from reverting the rights. My understanding is putting Spider-Man in a civil war resets the clock back to zero. So Sony doesn't actually have to make movies right now. They're doing it because they really believe that people like Marvel has their cinematic universe. And my understanding is they want one so bad. They want the Sinister Six thing to happen so bad because that would be money Sony would get and they wouldn't have to split it with Marvel. And that's what they're hoping for. But they're not. That is so cute of them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of that's kind of where I think it's at. Because they went and they tried to make this thing happen where they were naming it the Spider-Man, the Spider-Man, the Spider-Man or the Sony Pictures Universe of Spider-Man Media or something. And like, no one's going to say this. Stop. (laughs) The Sony Pictures Universe of Marvel Spider-Man or something. It was so I'm like, stop. No, no one's doing this. It's not. You have to actually make a good movie first. You only have to make a lot of them. Not not every Marvel movie is good. You have to make at least one good one. (laughs) Venom was okay. (laughs) Venom was like, people were like, hey, that's better than I expected. Yeah, we're going weirdly off topic. Where are we? I don't know. Because like, like the thing with those Sony movies is it's it's the cynicism of this of the nostalgia, right? Like it is those movies are being made because people are so risk averse that they're like, hey, people will go see anything connected to a Spider-Man, right? Like even Morbius. What's a Morbius? I don't know, but like it's Spider-Man ish. So people will go see it. And apparently, no. Right. <laughs> so. I mean, I do think you were also bringing up when we talk about nostalgia, a lot of times what we mean is it's something that we remember fondly, but that doesn't actually equal good movie. And maybe that's another time that I want to transition to the other big franchise that's been talked about in terms of rebooting, which is Twilight, right? Twilight also has an author who holds some pretty racist narrow-minded views towards other people so is admittedly less vocal on the internet but every time she opens her mouth we remember that she's a terrible person and Mm -hmm. so we've seen a lot of discourse also about the twilight movies and if we really particularly want to give more money to stephanie meyer or the fact that like the reason people like the twilight movies is because they are camp masterpieces. It's not the same reason that you love a Harry Potter movie. You love a Twilight <laughs> movie because it is Oscar-winning actors who really don't want to be there showing everyone that they don't want to be there. In, oh, you think? Oh, yes. There are stories of Robert Pattinson. Oh, no, I know. Oh, I he a list yes. of lines that he could possibly oh, yes. use to choose, and he chooses, instead of serious lines, Things like hop on my back, spider monkey, because he understands oh, yeah, yeah. He certainly, that Twilight yeah, that I agree is with. a literal show. Like, no, I get, no, I agree with you there. But I'm saying, do you think that's why the only reason people are fans? So, I, so if you get a chance, fandom and screen junkies, 
made a whole documentary where they went to, they filmed this documentary, which I believe you can still watch on YouTube. Maybe not. They might've pulled it and you might have to pay for it, but I believe it's still on YouTube where they made this documentary where they went to the twilight. I don't know. I don't remember what it's called, but like there's, they basically do a thing that is basically comic-con, but with twilight fans that they do it in that town every year. And they went there. Yeah. And they went there and they interviewed people who I don't think that, I think that there are people your age and up, which includes me, right? Like, I think there are people who are 30 through 100 who like Twilight ironically, right? Like, we're like, oh, this is awesome. We're all in on the camp, right? And then I think there are people currently age 14 through, how do you have to be a, be a parent of a 14-year-old? I guess the oldest you could possibly be, 14 through 45 or 50. Who love Twilight currently unironically because it is the wholesome entertainment that they are seeking. And I don't think like no, Pattinson, not in that group. Yeah. So anecdotally (laughs) for the the fans who don't know, I Mm -hmm. costume designed a film uh, that came out last year called Those Who Walk Away. And it was starring Mm -hmm. Boo Boo Stewart, who played young werewolf. I think his name is Seth in Twilight. So he is like mm-hmm. the little like sidekick to Taylor Lautner, but a pretty major role within the franchise. And he tells these mm-hmm. stories of like having to do like basically PR tours where they go to shopping malls and like high school, like football stadiums and gymnasiums mm-hmm. and things. And he talks about having to run for his life, having <laughs> clothes physically ripped off of his body. He's a beetle all of a sudden. Yes, yeah. and the Beatles all over again for poor Boo Boo Stewart. Oh, absolutely <laughs> people who are five years younger than I am who took these movies significantly more seriously than I did. And so I do think that you're right that there is a group of people that is going to sit down and watch Twilight and want it to be Camp Master. He's so dreamy. And there are people who are going to sit down and watch Twilight and be like, wait, it was funny? Like, or they're going to be upset that it's funny yes. or they're going to like, it's not good. And right. this is another one where I don't know that when we talk about the Harry Potter division of fandom, we have people who love Harry Potter and we have people who do not support Harry Potter because it is incredibly racist and transphobic. When we talk about right. Twilight, we have people who love Twilight for being a romance movie and love Twilight because we like watching Robert Pattinson hate himself. And those are two yes. very different divisions of fandom right. that I, I don't really don't feel think, like yeah. producers have fully thought through, right? Because one right. of well, those, I don't think you can make are, an, I don't think people are running from Twilight for the, I don't think people are running from Twilight for the same reason. I think you're exactly. right. I think people are running from Harry Potter because the people who are running from Harry Potter are running from, not the people who don't like it. The people who are running from Harry Potter are running from it because JK is a garbage person. The people who are running from Twilight are not running from Twilight because Meyer is a garbage person, even if she is. They mostly are running from it because they're like, we don't want this again. Like, I don't think even the people who unironically love Twilight, they're not looking for the reboot either because those are the people who in real life are like, why can't Patterson and Kristen Stewart just work it out still? Not understanding that it's been... 15 years since they were together and she's gay now right like it's Which, like she's honest, she's like not interested is the version of twilight i want to watch yeah. right but i'm saying yeah but i think those are people who still want them to be those characters who still want them to be these like these actors who 
you know, had a basically had a set romance when they were 20, you know, several role, you know, several roles in a decade ago. So I get why like those people. I don't think I don't think anybody wants the Twilight reboot. I think everyone's not looking for it. See, that's actually the one that I do want. Really? Oh, Oh, wow. Okay. Because I wanted the Gossip Girl reboot. Like, I want, and maybe this oh, is you're, because yeah, I'm a rooting. sick person who likes garbage. Yeah, you're rooting like, for trash. I yeah, like that's trash. different. Like, it's, <laughs> all right. I mean, yes. Okay, sure. I don't like. No one wants a cop rock reboot except me. But that doesn't like. I understand that. I understand that bringing cop back, cop rock back in 2023 is a. As I always like to say, this is a financially, you know irresponsible decision I want is the one yeah. that gets canceled in like episode four and I'm aware of that right sure I mean, okay. they're not playing to the masses okay. if they make the twilight that I want yes okay which yeah is to say that perhaps when we talk about something like Moana there's less like creative decisions that you have to make in terms of updating a nostalgia property that people have very little to say about <sighs> to start with i don't know maybe not yeah, like, well and moana is there's a single story you know it's just like we're retelling this single story and that's true of harry potter there's just so much more of it that they can milk i mean you know, let's not discount the tremendous amount of money that stands to be made from this yeah and and this sort of thing i don't know if it's just because we have so much media now and like it, this feels different. This coming from the old guy perspective, you know, we didn't get a Hawaii Five O reboot for thirty years, right? Right. You Magnum PI. Like, is it is it more like forty? I think Hawaii Five yeah, O went went off the air in nineteen eighty originally, and it yeah. came back in twenty ten. So yeah, okay, thirty years. I, I, yeah, okay, twenty maybe yeah. twenty twenty fifteen. Yeah, like yeah. we just didn't get we didn't get that kind of reboot where it was just this reimagining and a whole new cast and whatever. This feels like a fairly new phenomena to me in movies and, and TV media. It's certainly not a new phenomenon in comics. Well, we, so but, we but got stuff sometimes, sometimes right? We, not I mean, as, as frequently. Like yeah, I mean, with comics, you reboot things, like, but it was... Yeah. I mean, it, was, you, it would reboot stuff. Like, you know, in 1973, I'm reading All-Star Squadron which was a reboot of Justice Society from the 1940s. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, it was different writers. It was different artists. It was written with more modern sensibilities. And I certainly hadn't experienced the 1940s comics at that point. So it felt like new material, but it was technically a reboot of these things. That's very different than just recasting you know, an actor or something. I think that carries a different weight to it. But... I, you know, I'm trying to think of shows from my youth or anything prior to 1990 that has had a reboot in the way we're talking about with Harry I Potter. Think it and hap- Twilight. I think it. Ha- I think it happens, but it happens so less frequently and so less. So the big one where I say it's super successful, and we almost don't think about it because people, for- it's so successful that people have forgotten the original one, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, which and Battlestar yeah, Galactica. Nobody even remembers, but like, I don't think Battlestar Galactica is the first one because there have been a couple of chances trying to make Dark Shadows work. There have been in the 70s, they made one again in the 90s. They, you know, so there have been a couple of shots at Dark Shadows. There have been a couple of shots at. um, You're right. And and these are all things I'd completely forgotten. 
Right. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, it didn't work. So the the Avengers, as in the not the Avengers, the superhero group, but the Avengers Emma Peel, the Avengers comes, goes off the air and comes back in the early 80s where it's like where John Steed's there, but he's got some teenagers working with them. And it's a remake that like and again, this is a forgotten show that only people remember because you're a weird mm-hmm. nerd like me, right? I'm a weird TV nerd. There's and, a and Doctor, Who, Doctor Who Doctor comes Who back. Certainly, yeah, yeah, but even there, you know, that's that sort of baked into the concept of that show. Yeah, well, with Doctor Who, with Doctor Who specifically, but there are there are versions of this. But I do think that I do think it happens more frequently now with us constantly doing the hey again. The fact that we're trying to bring Milana back is weird the fact that we're trying to bring true blood back which is a show i love but they're trying to bring it back is weird they just announced an x-files reboot that they want to do and we're going to do it with a black cast this time and again i've got no problem with this it's just that it's weird that we're doing it so often in order to capitalize on nostalgia more so than anything else another one that i remember from a kid that i actually liked a lot because I'm a little black kid, there was the new odd couple. Do you remember the new odd couple? I do not. The new odd couple was the odd couple, except for the guys were black. <laughs> that was the show. It was Felix, Felix and Oscar played by black guys this time. Works for me because I'm a black guy and like, but like no one remembers the show. And if, like, I bet you if you Google it, you might see the picture and you might go, oh yeah, that was on the air right. for two minutes in the 80s. Right, <laughs> like, right. Like, like, like that's kind of where like I remember that one. So I think that there's it was always happening. The new odd couple ran from 1982 to 1983. <laughs> 18 episodes stars Ron Gales and Desmond Wilson, who are actors that uh, as Oscar and Phoenix. And if you, they're actors that you would look at and you'd be like, oh, yeah, that guy, he was in stuff in the 80s. And you have no memory. Reboot. And how much of that is? It was literally the same show. That was a reboot. It was the same show. It was, and also the. I mean, the Odd Couple, the show that was famous, is only happened because there was a movie, and I believe there was a play before there was a movie. Same thing with Mash, right? Mash is a reboot. Yeah, Mash, the famous television show, is a reboot of a film called Mash, which was based on a book. Same as which was based on a novel. Yeah, same same thing. So I think it's it very eighties trend, not, but not weekly, right? Like we're like we're talking right, right now. We're talking about like well, but, uh, an, I, yeah, well, I mean, an IP that, world. Yeah, well, but you know, I, maybe I'm just focusing on defining terms. You know, the TV series of Mash. I, was that a reboot or was it a continuation? Because no, it's know, a reboot. I mean, it's completely. I mean, they certainly change things up. No, it's a completely different continuity. I don't think yeah. if I remember. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think that yeah. I don't remember if there's any there might be like one or two characters who appear in both, but I it's um no, there's pretty no, much all there's the, no Hawkeye in the film. It's I think yeah. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, no, Don Donald Sutherland played Hawkeye in the film. Okay. So he, was, he yeah, might be no, the, the only the one. Book, it, Hawkeye Trapper No, it's all the same cast. Is it the the, yeah, was- the narrator of the book was a character called Buck? Who was in the movie, and he was written out of the TV series entirely. Okay, yeah, he was so long, he, he was the first person narrator the, of the yeah. novel. But no, it was Hot Lips played well, by yeah, Sally Kellerman. The, yeah, yeah, Donald I haven't Sutherland. watched the movie in decades, so I don't remember. I, I thought they changed more of it. But yeah, Elliot Gould, Trapper John was far Elliot more Gould. of a main character in the book and the movie. 
and leave. Well, he got he gets written out in the yeah he gets written yeah. out in the series to be his, his to be in his own show, even though he ends up being a different character and actor in like the Trapper John of the of the TV show is a very different character than Trapper John, yeah, the, of the movie and also a very different character of Trapper John of the Trapper John TV show. Like it, it's it's bizarre. A different, actor different actor entirely. Different actor and different character. And it takes place 20 years into the future. Like it right. Trapper yeah. John, the t- Trapper John, the TV show takes place in the present, whereas Trapper John on MASH takes place in the Korean war. The extended and it just, Korean. They essentially kept the name <laughs> yeah. and that was it. But yeah. So, okay. So, so but so, so sorry, sorry. I just have weird, I just have weird facts about MASH trapped in my head. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> But is is Mash different than than what's happening with? So is Mash different than what happens with the TV shows versions of of I don't know Twilight or Harry Potter? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, probably not. I mean, because it is you know they are recontextualizing the. I, although you know, the MASH TV show was not an adaptation of, I mean, the feel of the show, it started out feeling more like the movie and the book, mm-hmm. but it very quickly became its own thing. Well, point that it, it bore very little resemblance. Um, Maybe the mm-hmm. closer analysis might be Star Trek, Star Trek TV versus Star Trek film, right? Right, because those mm-hmm. really are the recycling of old Star Trek plots using old Star Trek characters. Very little changes to character continuity. See, those you know, like they, there's not well, a lot those, of like those, happening. those feel like they really are capitalizing on nostalgia of Star Trek. They just have to have a lot more money and the ability for CGI and well, but they felt context, like a continuation. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's which I think is different. Like that felt in the Star Trek case in the bringing back the motion picture. And in the so the motion picture was the first chance the motion picture was supposed to try and be a pilot for a new series and it didn't happen like but they but there was demand the original Star Trek was frankly was canceled too soon like people there was a fan base that it was just starting to find it and was growing and it got canceled and it continued to grow in syndication they're like let's try this again they made the motion picture and it didn't happen but then it becomes a film series and I think people have never wanted to let Star Trek go I don't think that there are people really looking for more twilight i don't think there are people looking for more harry potter and i know no one's looking for more moana like i've not seen like i don't think it's just me being in my old person bubble i don't think harry potter though oh sure sure but i'm saying especially more i don't think anyone's looking so the moana thing came up a lot in my class that i just taught i just taught a class on pop culture and the kids who are 18 through 22 years old as an example of like that. And I didn't bring this up. It was just, it kept coming up this semester as an example of pop culture going too far or them. It's always their example of here's the, here's corporate capitalist America trying to steal art and force things upon you. This is, this is like their way of describing hegemony. They were like, you mean like Moana? Disney just wants us to watch Moana. Nobody wants this. And then all of them were like, oh, my God. Yeah, I'm so mad because to them, Moana was this. If you're 18 years old, Moana was this cute movie that you watched when you were 11. And why is Disney trying to force 
trying to take this from you. And it's and they're viscerally angry. You're, you're ruining it's the first my time childhood. For them. Yeah, right. it's the first time someone's ruined their childhood. So at 18, 19 years old right now, they're hurry, they're hearing their they're hearing the announcement for this. And I've got a bunch of I've got a bunch of 18 and 19 year olds who suddenly become old men and old women going, why are you doing this? You know? So this is their first one, I guess. Yeah. Maybe it's just part of growing up. Welcome to the future kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ruining your childhood. It just happens faster now. In the postmodern era. Oh God, that's so depressing. It's so depressing. If it just, I mean, I don't know. It's just, so to me, the Moana thing's different because I feel like Moana is really happening because Dwayne needs came, a win. Yeah, because that came out I like think, last Tuesday. Yeah, well, he been, refuses to do another Fast and Furious movie, so his paycheck. Well, which I get. Was, I understand why. I understand why he won't work with Ben. I like. I understand. I get it. Okay. I wish he would, because I because because those movies are never better than when the two of them are on screen together, trying to count who has punched each other the most times so that they can like earn their paycheck. But like everything that. That uh, every story I hear about the abysmal working conditions on those films makes me love them films more and more because <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! Of course, that would be awful to really do, but it makes the film work. And I understand why Johnson won't do another one, but also he really thought Black Adam was going to happen. <laughs> he really thought that was his ticket to the future, and it wasn't. Right. And I and frankly, even though The Rock likes to call himself franchise Viagra, like he doesn't have that many wins. Like a lot of his movies are actually pretty bad. And I think that might be part of it. I think that like I think that he's at a place where he's just like, hey, no one liked Black Adam. Super Pets didn't make that much money. Red Notice, people made a lot of fun of. You know, Jungle Cruise kind of failed. Jumanji, people like Jumanji, but like Hobbs and Shaw failed. Like he, he's got like a bunch of movies that just did not do well. And he wants them to. Rampage, Skyscraper, Baywatch. Looking at his film history, a lot of these, other than the Fast and the Furious movies, he's got a bunch of kind of bombs. And San Andreas, Hercules. <laughs> so he, I think he feels like, hey, let's make Moana happen. And that's the push. So it, it just feels so cynical to me, I guess. Cynical in that. <sighs> Say more. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just. I don't know. It feels like I, I think Dwayne wants these movies to, to to happen because Dwayne Johnson wants to be in hit movies. And I get it. So, you know, I would I, too, would love to have a hundred million dollar film career. I don't know. Wayne, would you like that? Monica, would you like that? Yeah, that, I, would, that I don't even, I don't even want to be an actor. But if, if you tell me that you're going to pay me a hundred million dollars a film. I will reconsider my my you know my priorities, and I will. T- you know, so I understand Mo- why he, he would do Moana every single year until he died. If someone was going to give him a hundred million dollars, because the only thing right, we so, need to know about the Rock is that the Rock loves money. Like right, so which is honestly so right. I get it. I get it. Why right? are we launching all of these? Is there something greater well, I, than like, and not really because no one's considered these as critiques, right? Like, 
And I think that's the problem is because we're not having a death of the author scenario in which we're still Mm -hmm. giving so much creative control to the original author, they're never going to be able to move beyond to become right. And Um, especially with something like like Moana and Disney, like their identity is so tight as a brand, they're not going to say anything new. And I hate to be like that, considering like here's the thing: I'm so excited for us to have a cute new Little Mermaid, but they're not actually saying anything new. Like, but what if she's black? Yeah, and like it's but it's not that we have representation because everyone deserves representation and everyone deserves to see themselves as a Disney princess. But it's representation in the most cynical way. It's not. It's representation representation because because, hey, we can sell more of these exactly. We did the math. Yeah, <laughs> we did the math, well, and we're gonna and we're gonna sell more tickets than we're going to lose. We're gonna sell more tickets, and people are looking for diversity. Then we're gonna lose racism. So obviously, let's try something. Actually, different. having to say anything meaningful, and that's mm-hmm. the same thing that's gonna happen with Harry Potter, and it's the same thing that's gonna happen with Twilight, and it's the same thing that's gonna happen with Moana. Frankly, we're not that. Well, and production companies aren't that interested in having anything new to say. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's. A cynical piece of it as well. It's these are safe properties. Rather than mm-hmm. develop something new that may fail, something that no one knows what this is. You know, like Star Wars doesn't happen all the time. This unknown project it does now. Sudden, it does now. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, but just as an idea, the whole right. you can't. Uh, yeah, you can't, you can't just I would, introduce I would a new property though, and expect it to be a franchise. These, it's not that these are safe properties. It's that they're gonna make enough money. They don't yeah. care. Like they know that these are going to get canceled the same way that Gossip Girl did after two seasons, the same way that like Titans is after four seasons. Like it is. Well, four is good. Pre- like, four is a good run, though. Do you think that? Four, do you think they think the run two is not a good run? But my argument is, no one particularly cares if the Harry Potter reboot gets through all oh. seven years of school, right? Oh yeah, they, I, they I, I, really you think so? Yeah. Enough to make one season worth of television to make their money. Like, and that I think uh, is the yeah, I agree on when that we one. talk about like, is there risk? There's no risk uh-huh. because they know that Morbius, right, will make $38. Like, and be, and they only spent 15 so they made their money. Does it need to be good? No, it did what it needed to do. Like, and yes, they can have all of their mm. grand ideas about getting to have a Sinister Six, but if it doesn't get there, no one actually really cares uh, that uh, much well. sure. it's not that big of a failure, right? And and sure. so I, I agree with you. I, think that I agree with you mostly. Why I think we crunch out all of this IP is that it's a safe bet, but not that it's a safe bet to be a smash, <sighs> but it's a safe bet to just be the mediocre oh, yeah, paycheck no. that, that you need it to be. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I'm wondering, though. But see, do you need, is that true? That's true. I think you're right in a Morbius, right? I think you're right in a Craven. I don't know that's true with a Harry Potter. I think it's, it's, when it's going to Max and everything else, regardless of how good or it isn't, is just part of the money laundering scheme anyway. That's what I'm getting at. Right. This is a Zaslav property. This is somebody who released two films last year this is somebody who one of those was don't worry darling which means and the other was black adam (laughs) like both of like 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 literally both of them were him trying to like like he passed on batgirl and scoob 2 
both of which were finished because he is because it was literally about like I think I can make more money on the tax write off and he's been honest about that like he it is it's not an arbiter of taste yeah right 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 he is literally just trying to make I find a financial decision and I think that he I think that Warner Discovery films and television are doing poorly enough that I think that they feel like the J.K. Rowling train can save them because all those Fantastic Beast movies did badly and they need a franchise to keep the film. Like you cannot allow Warner Brothers to not make films anymore. So they need something to revitalize this. And I think this is their shot at using a television property to try and save their struggling film business. I mean, I'm guessing, here's the thing. Obviously. So when it comes to when we think about the universal theme park, right? Like, Mm-hmm. which has Harry Potter world in it as one of its biggest draws. The thing that makes the most money for Universal theme park is not Harry Potter world. It's not the theme park. It is the haunted houses that they put on in October in LA. It's called sure. Halloween okay. Horror Night. It makes mm-hmm. all of the money put together that all of the other Universal global theme parks make in the rest of the 11 months of the year. Like, that is mm-hmm. how successful their haunted houses are. Do you know what their haunted houses are themed off of? It's those horror movies, movies from, that Universal from made years ago. Yeah. in the 1930s. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, they're monster movies from the 30s. And they keep, they keep trying matter. to reboot them, right? It is all banking on nostalgia. Right. But they keep trying to reboot those horror movies. And, they, and it doesn't work. And because yeah, it doesn't yeah, need yeah. to. Because people are going to go to saying. Harry Potter well, world regardless of whether or not Max is good and gets canceled after two seasons. Like, it's fair. Because we're kind of okay with, like, letting the first seven movies, like, make the excuses for all of the rest of them. Or, you know, feeling like they're whimsical and magical. And we like going back to a make-believe time where J.K. Rowling wasn't a terrible person. Like, there's something about, like, these are destined to fail, and yet that's also why they're going to keep trying to crank it out. Like, that's why yeah. Marvel keeps trying to make a Fantastic Four, even though, God forbid, we all know that Fantastic Four is the lamest property. And it's because Stan Lee <laughs> just really wanted it to happen, right? Like, I, I think it could be good. Uh, I, I mean, I saw it be good. It was called Incredibles. It was great. <laughs> I see your point. I do. I, I do understand your point. I Wow, you might be even more cynical than me, which is hard. We knew that. But I see your point. <laughs> That's why I want the version of Twilight that only lasts four episodes and is just Robert Pattinson hating himself. <laughs> why I made a Snow Milk Manor oh, episode. I'm a sick person, love. <laughs> oh, God. What if that was like a thing? Like if there was, if they somehow found that he still was contributing contractually obligated to four more hours of programming and he just had to do it. <laughs> just like hold him hostage legally. Oh, that would be great. Oh, that would be such a wonderful because he doesn't want to be there. I mean, I'm the person who I also love Riverdale, right? Because they also you know, they don't want to be that, there. Yeah. No one hates the no one hates Riverdale as much as the cast of Riverdale. <laughs> it's like, why are we still making these? So, and yet, greatest show on television. <laughs> they did the most recent episode of Riverdale was all about seduction of the innocent and the and there's a character who is Frederick Vertham that is on the show now. <laughs> so amazing. You know what? Like there's a part of me that's like is really okay with a bunch of 30 year old adults stuck in their 
shitty CW contract. But what I am not okay with <laughs> is when we're going to use a bunch of minors as pawns in our ideology when we reboot a bunch of kids' properties. And I think that that's, that's potentially why I'm so upset over Harry Potter or Twilight or Moana, right? Is that we're not talking about the reboot of nostalgia of adult things. We're talking the, about the reboot of nostalgia of kid things because these books were like as much as I do think that these are ultimately going to be aimed at audiences that were fans of the original. It's going to kind of do the Gossip Girl thing where it's going to try and bridge also bringing in new fans and with mm-hmm. the hope that you know like you're this is something that like you're showing to your kids now, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a whole other level of irresponsibility and indoctrination of all of these problematic ideas instead of having the chance to deconstruct any of them that I really take issue with. Like, mm-hmm. it's a, it's fair. And, I, and I think it's going to work fine, though. I think it's going to I think it's going to be successful because I don't think I don't think that. I don't think that J.K. Rowling is the villain to America that she is to us. I think that so the Harry Potter Wizarding World video game that they just did for all the talk on Twitter and the, and the liberal inter- sides of the internet about, we're going to, we're going to boycott this game. And, you know, we've had people on the show talking about it, like, like, like people who were like, do not do this because, you know, we want to stop it. Most successful vi- console video game launch of all time by a lot. Not even because most of the people in the world don't, either don't know that she's a trash human or don't care. Like she is, she is a deeply problematic individual, but she's remember Twitter is the least popular of the major social networks, right? Like people, we think of it like it's a super powerful thing, but Twitter has, you know, like people always talk about Facebook, like it's failing. Facebook's the most popular social network on the, in the world. And nobody on Facebook is really talking about JK Rowling. I mean, we are people like us, but like most people on Facebook, are talking about hey look at pictures of my niece you know so <sighs> i don't know now i'm depressed i, know. I was like <laughs> Why'd you make a nothing i'm <laughs> sorry i don't no it's i mean the answer is it's a depressing topic right there's no answer to this because why are we doing these reboots why are we doing these nostalgic reboots and it's because money and it's in the most cynical way it's the like you're, I think you're right in that. Is it total risk aversion? It's risk mitigation, right? Because to the they to the extent that it's a risk, it doesn't matter because companies would rather make a movie that's going to do just well enough than risk failure if they do one that's going to do abysmally, and then they're frustrated and surprised when one does when one actually fails, right? Like you don't want to take big swing, not with a hundred million dollars. So depressing. Maybe we just need one of them to be so bad that it ruins it for no. everyone. Like we need something, I, and no. I don't know if that's possible because we had Morbius already. But like we need something. It is Morbius on steroids for everyone to realize that maybe rebooting things isn't the answer. And I just don't know if that's actually going to happen, or if it's possible. I don't. I, yeah, I just, oh God, we should have, if I were just, I'm just thinking back in my head now of 
reboots that were big when I was a kid and not a kid, like a teenager. And, and Wayne, I'm thinking, if you even remember any of them, would have been an adult, but like, there's no way you watch any of it. There was a new Leave It to Beaver that aired, started in 1983 and it aired until 1989. It was a reboot of the Beaver, of Leave It to Beaver <laughs> with them as adults. There was a reboot of What's Happening called What's Happening Now. I remember that. Okay, yep, I remember that. There was a reboot of The Brady Bunch called The Brady's that aired in 1990. The Brady's was amazing. It was the characters from The Brady Bunch, most of the original cast returned, but now they're going to do a dramedy, an hour-long drama. Like, on the first episode, Bobby, who's... Mary's, yeah, Martha from... uh, Bobby, you know, Bobby Brady gets gets into an auto accident. He's a race car driver and he becomes paralyzed and they're just dealing with the, it's what if the Brady's have problems now? And they were so bad. All of these were bad. Like they were like, they used to do this all the time. I just forgot. There was a, re, there was, there were remakes of shows. Like I remember they tried to make a lot of movies that were, there was like a, like we talked about it on our episode about a league of their own. There was a TV show version of a league of their own that came out in the early nineties or it was just like, uh, why are you doing this? And it's just cause, cause they're like, Hey, this thing, this thing made money. So people will like, I think it's just that so many of them fail and Monica's right. Like how much, you know, long as you only spend 20 bucks to get it on the air, who cares? Yeah. <sighs> Gung Ho, I remember Gung Ho with Michael Keaton. There was a TV show version of that, I want to say. That lasted for, I think, two minutes. I'm going to double check that. if I. Yes, there was a Gung Ho TV series that lasted from 1980s, December 5th, 1986 to February 9th, 1987. Nine episodes made the air. <laughs> from a remake of the 1986 comedy Gung Ho. They made a TV show of it a year later. It's awful. Uncle Buck with John Candy. There was a TV show version of that. There's just so many of these where I guess it's not like maybe we're just more aware of it. Maybe people have always been this bad. <laughs> people have always been this bad. Perhaps social media has, I think it really is. It's the transmedia universe has made us feel like we just have a greater claim. To mm-hmm. our nostalgia and our IP and the decisions of what we should or shouldn't do with it, because that's how we were taught to interact with all of this media that mm-hmm. didn't necessarily exist, despite the fact that this like reboot culture has always existed. So we're just we're trying to find one that works. Well, so I think the solution is. What we need is we need to bring back cop rock, something that the people actually want. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> I think you can all agree the return to cop rock. Uh, the reality see, a, show I, in which we let eight strangers pitch the relaunch of Twilight, <laughs> and then we vote which one we want. That's obviously no. the <laughs> You've never seen cop rock. I'm telling you, you're gonna love it. You just got to give it like. Like four or five episodes, and then you're like, oh, I'm in. <laughs> okay, maybe it's a hostage situation. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Monica Marvelous, where can people find you? Uh, no, people can find me and all my terrible opinions on Instagram or on Twitter. And that's <laughs> at Monica Marvelous on Instagram. That is L-O-U-S. And on Twitter, that is L-O-U-X. Yay. And Wayne. Here. Oh, I appeared on our. Oh, yes. Our, yes, yeah. I, I actually I appeared our on an episode podcast. of our sibling <laughs> podcast, the protagonist podcast. I appear on an episode of that that dropped this week talking about the graphic novel series Giant Days. So thanks to Jodorowsky for having me on. And we can link that in the show notes. I actually did something this week where you. Can yeah. And I have listened to it. It's a good episode. It's very fun. And you it's weird because. I have heard you rave about the show in real life before. And you said it's one of your favorite books. And it's weird because I think even on, on Joe's show, you say you're clearly not the target audience for this. Show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you remember all your days as a young woman in college. Exactly. <laughs> but yes, a really good episode. And yeah, we will link that in the show. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, all of the places always at Chris Maverick. You can follow the show all of those same places at Vox Popcast, not Instagram, not really all the same places, I guess. And I don't, I'm just sad. I don't know what to do. I keep trying. There's no way. Like, I want our Instagram account back. I am very sad and broken up about it. I don't know. Why don't they love us anymore? I don't understand. <laughs> Please, someone get us our Instagram account back. <sighs> you can follow the show's blog at www.voxpopcast.com where we post about whatever we're going to be talking about next week. And you can leave us comments on this or any other episode. You can suggest topics of things you want to hear us talk about. You can see what we're going to be talking about in the future. We're going to try and be posting some blogs soon to give you, you know, calls for comments where we ask you for your feedback on some of our future ideas, some good ideas coming up. If you enjoy the show and we certainly hope you do, then please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever the hell else you get podcasts from and do us a favor, leave us a five-star review. That really helps us out. Especially if you don't just leave us a rating, if you write us a little review saying a little something about why the show's awesome and why everybody should listen to it. And you post that as a review on iTunes, Apple podcasts, whatever they call it. That gooses the algorithm makes us more popular and makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. I would like to thank Maximilian of Thought for Music for our epic theme song, building ever more so epically and playing us out. I'd once again like to thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.